We are very pleased to inform you that your name has been added to the Dean's List for this term. You are among a very select group of students, and as a result, the Dean of Leadership Development has some very valuable information he would like to share with you. We applaud you and extend our congratulations to your family. Keep up the good work. This is the Dean's List. Hey, welcome to episode number six of the Dean's List. My name is Dean DeGuara, you guys. Thank you for tuning in to this new podcast and uh, giving me your encouraging feedback. Uh, It's really been exciting for me on this new journey as I develop yet another tool of just sharing my heart and expressing uh, what God is doing uh, in my life. And um, I actually was reminded... Um, of a topic I wrote about in 2015 on my blog. Um, If you haven't read my blog yet, it's at deandeguar.com, and I talk about learning, living, and leading there. And so I encourage you to go there if you've never been there. Um, But I was reminded uh, of a post that I, I wrote in April of 2015 about the most undeveloped skill in leadership. And that most undeveloped uh, skill, I believe, is asking good questions. I was actually uh, provoked on writing on this topic uh, after reading author Tim Stevens' book uh, called Fairness is Overrated. He put it this way. He said, unfortunately, too many leaders walk in every day as if they are experts, Either because of their positions, tenures, or influences, they act as if they no longer have anything to learn from others, and especially not from the people they hired. They don't attend conferences, they never ask questions in an effort to learn, and they only read books or listen to podcasts when they are preparing for the next talks. You know, I am convinced um, that this has to be one of the most undeveloped skills And that, again, is asking the right questions. Great leaders, I believe, don't always have the answer for everything, but they're willing to ask the right questions to get the answers they need. On the same note, great leaders are great listeners and take time to answer questions that people had. Uh, I have a friend, he's a, he's a young man in his 20s, and his name's Daniel, and you're actually going to be uh, hearing our conversation in just a few moments. But he just launched a podcast called The Dreamcast, and I highly encourage you to listen to it. But I'm listening to him. He's interviewing high-level leaders, entrepreneurs, um, and I mean, the, the interviews are just fantastic. But after listening to a couple of them, I just observed and noticed that Daniel was asking just superb questions. I mean, and he's talking to these high-level leaders. Again, he's in his 20s. He's talking to guys in their 50s and their 60s, um, just a variety of ages. But he is pulling the gold uh, out of these leaders. And I was just saying, man, I have to get Daniel on the dean's list and have him talk about how he crafts these questions and how he pulls, you know, just gold out of people. Um, We're going to just jump into that conversation right now. Um, And here's Daniel, his name's again, Daniel Budzinski. And uh, I was able to sit down with him and talk about this topic. I'm really excited about today's guest on the Dean's List, my friend Daniel Budzinski. 
He's a passionate 26-year-old living in Michigan. He's been married for three years, uh, enjoying life with his wonderful wife, Elizabeth, and their two baby girls, Everly and Ivy. He finds purpose in helping people become the greatest version of themselves. And uh, Daniel, welcome to the Dean's List. Dean, great to be with you, man. Hey, I appreciate you taking the time. I know you are a busy guy. Just tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're doing, what you got your hands on. Yeah, you covered a little bit. I've been married for three years. I met my wife in fourth grade. She was the first girl I laid my eyes on. I was homeschooled up until then. And uh, we've been just enjoying uh, life in Michigan, Washington Township area, just about an hour north of Detroit. And uh, man, I, I love traveling. I, I have my hands with a lot of travel, man. I'm leaving <laughs> for two weeks on Wednesday. My wife's coming with me to Los Angeles. And then we're heading out, me and my uh, creative director, to Oregon after that for some conferences and uh, running a few organizations. So I run Charity Device. So it's an organization that takes your old device and turns it into someone's dream. So you donate your device, you get a tax receipt, and then we uh, go help someone and do good with it. So whether it's education, water, food, and then Compassionate Touch. So that's just a a missions-based organization. So we take teams around the world to uh, change people's lives and show them a better way and go into public school systems and work with government officials and pastoral leaders and city leaders. And uh, then I also have my personal platform, so DanielBazinski.com, and we do a podcast and blogs and videos, and uh, so those are the things that keep me busy, Dean. Yeah. Hey, you mentioned your podcast, uh, The Dreamcast. I've been, uh, actually, I'm a new listener. Um, It actually gets me uh, fired up every time I listen to it, and uh, I figured out why. Uh, You ask good questions, and and what I notice is that it pulls gold out of the people you are interviewing. Now, you interview some incredible businessmen, incredible leaders, but, you know, I've, I've heard other podcasts, interviews, but you seem to have this, uh, this knack for asking good questions. Let me ask you a few questions. Why do you think uh, people in general don't ask questions? It's a good question. Well, thanks first for saying that. I appreciate you're very kind. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's a really good question. I think um, instinctively... And culturally, Dean, we've been taught not to ask questions, right? Right. Um, In high school, we would, you know, consider that one person that asks all the questions annoying. You know, we would even bully that person and tell them to shut up and class is going to end and (laughs) you keep holding us back. I mean, this is, well, Dean... Dean, I was that guy. <laughs> so in middle school, in high school, in college, um, you know, even right now, all the time, man, I annoy people in conversation because I ask a lot of questions. And um, so I think that your question's right on. Why why don't we ask more questions? And, you know, I, I, I would love to say in a few things. So I think culturally and in our family and just truth itself doesn't expect to be asked a question. Right. Mm. Whether you're growing up, um, you know, we kind of teach our children not to ask questions. So when I was a kid, it was like, hey, why can't I go with my friends? Why can't I spend the night here? A lot of times <laughs> it was just don't ask why. You just can't. Right. So, right. And you again, just got to trust me. You just yeah, can't. Yeah. 
you just you just got to trust me. And that's not a bad thing. It's really not. I was raised in an incredible home. Um, but the same thing, like I said, in our schools. Um, and, and I think the curiosity in, in children, too, we're, we're almost as an adult, you know, my daughter can't talk yet. She's very, you know, jibber jabber. And she but but she's going to start asking a lot of questions. So I would I would say four things. I say first, I think we've lost our curiosity. Um, and I think that this is a little bit attached to our innocence. Mm. So whether we got made fun of, whether, whether we were very self-conscious of ourselves or self-aware of other people's thoughts towards us when we asked the wrong question or kept the class later or got punished from our mom or got punished from someone that was an authority of us. Um, I think the second thing is we lost our passion to learn. Mm. I, I remember being in a, a moment when I heard a leader say, the moment you stop learning, you stop living. And I had a self actualization moment where I realized that I wasn't enjoying life because I stopped learning and I, and I lost that curiosity and innocence to desire to keep progressing. Uh, the third thing I would say is we might not want to feel uneducated or dumb in a situation. I've had that happen so many times, a lot of times Dean, and I'm not kidding you. I fake a lot till I make it because I talk with people that their entire language and sentences go over my head. (laughs) <laughs> and so you have to, in a more educated way, basically say you have no idea what they're saying yeah. <laughs> and get clarity. So that, I think that that can be one too is, you know, we almost feel like, well, I don't want this person to feel like I don't know something, but that's okay. Um, and then the other one is I think, you know, we, 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 we need permission. I think that's right. what it is. We, we need permission to ask the question sometimes. So in a relationship, there's that tension of what are my permissions and what can I do? What should I do to maintain and grow the relationship? And so I think that those are probably the four things, but I think it's a great question. Why don't more people in general ask those questions? And I think I have found myself, uh, as I look back on my life, uh, you know, the guy in, intimidated to ask the questions uh, as I've uh, become more mature and and older and 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 on the on the second half of life I've, I've learned to 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 raise my hand and, and ask <laughs> the question to for for clarity or whatever but could you encourage uh, our listeners you know why should we raise our hand to ask a question you mentioned clarity um, but why should we raise our hand to make our questions known? Um, you get you gave a couple of examples, but is there any um, any other reasons that you would say, "Hey, you need to raise your hand and speak up"? Yeah, so I would say first thing you could look at this question a few different ways. Like, why should we raise our hands? If a school teacher is saying this, it almost seems like a domineering thought of like you need to raise your hand before you ask your question. And then you almost feel intimidated as if you need permission to ask. So let's take it from that place. So permission to me is key. A lot of times, like I've been in these situations where, you know, asking for permission to ask the question from people is is paramount in me engaging in a conversation. So let's say someone's asking me for advice and I have the answer. I don't want to give them the answer. I want to get the answer out of them. That's the difference. For me, I just got sick and tired of being the answer machine, the guy that has all the answers. And so I stopped answering questions and I started asking, re-asking the question to the person. So if John came up to me and said, hey, I'm really having a hard time with this, I would say something like, hey, John, do you really want me to help you find the solution to that problem you're, you're, you're handling right now? And then if they say yes, then they've given me per- permission to actually get into their mess and dirt. Without permission, I don't feel I have the ability to say, hey, 
do you, do you really want me to do this? Cause if you want me to do this, I'm going to be hardcore. I'm going to be myself. I'm not going to withhold myself. I'm not going to withhold things I see in your life that are holding you back. If you give me permission, we're going to go after this thing together. And then I think it's so that then I would actually begin to ask them questions to help them get the answer rather than just give it to them. Cause then they just keep coming to you. People just keep coming to you for the answer. So that would be, I think one of the reasons why we raise our hands is we need permission. So I would even say raising your hand is almost this like sitting back and waiting. I would say just go and ask the question and get permission rather than wait for permission to be given to you. So good, man. Um, again, I, I mentioned that you've really mastered this art and I don't know, uh, if it's an intentional thing you do, or like you were saying, uh, sometimes you have to fake it till you, till you make it until you can really begin to understand uh, what, what the other person is saying. But how do you go about asking the right questions? Say, for example, you're getting ready to interview or you have an opportunity to talk to a high level leader or, um, someone that you want to learn from. How do you go about asking the right questions? Uh, you know, really, Dean, I, I, I really don't realize how unintentional some of these things are, but I, I was talking to a, a consultant last week, and he's more of a friend and a coach and someone I open my life to, and I'm meeting with him tomorrow. And um, I said, you know, I'm, I'm talking with this guy. How do I handle these situations in that situation? And am I over prepping? I feel like a schizophrenic. I'm going over the same three questions I'm asking him. He said, you know what, Daniel, if you need to prepare 10 minutes for each question, 30 minutes for a five minute call, you've respected that guy's time enough. And you've thought through enough of the situations that you're not going to get a caught off guard. And he's going to notice that in the long run. And so I, I really do believe that preparation meets opportunity. I think a lot of people have a lot of opportunity, but they haven't prepared. And my greatest fear is that I'd be on the biggest stage and not have anything to say or I'd be on the Very biggest true. stage and all I'd be able to do is give someone myself. And, uh, you know, I prepare. These podcasts that I do, believe it or not, take anywhere from eight to 10 hours in total. Wow. From the time of preparation to the time of studying someone's life, their habits, what they desire to talk about, what they have the greatest passion to talk about. I don't want to bring Dean on the show and he's love, he loves leadership and have him talk about how to raise children. That makes no sense to me. So I think that preparation is everything. Um, I write my questions. I revamp them. I revamp them again. Uh, you know, we, we produce the show. We revamp the language like seven times. And so, Man. yeah, I would say that we were very attention to detail. And, and that's kind of how I go about asking the right questions. And then um, I also build, I build a list of a lot of the questions that I ask. Yeah, I remember going to Dan Gilbert. He's um, a gentleman that runs Quicken Loans, for those that know. But he also runs a family of companies called um, Rock Ventures. And it's, I think it's well over 100 companies that Dan Gilbert owns. And he's um, one of the wealthiest people in, in, the, in Michigan specifically. But he's also, I think he's worth $6 billion. And I could be outdated. He could be worth way more now. Um, so he's a, he's a billionaire and he's a brilliant man. And all of his headquarters are run out of Detroit. He's buying just about every building in Detroit and he runs at a level of excellence that's very, it's, it's not been seen. And he has this, this psychedelic attention to details. And he, he says this thing and, I, and I, I'm going to possibly butcher it, but he talks about, listen, you can't be the best at two or three things, but if you can be the best at a thousand things, if you can show attention to a thousand things, 
that is what can separate you from the rest. Wow. And that really marked me. I mean, it literally pops up in my heart while you're asking that question. I think that we're looking to be the best at one or two things, but really you can be outran and out marketed and out purchased and people have more money than us most of the time. What if you perfect a thousand things and you try to be the best at a thousand? Well, that's a, you know, so I kind of take that in what I do, you know, if it's the capital letter in the title, you know, yeah. If there, if that letter is supposed to be capital, why isn't it capital? Like that's how crazy we get over here because we want someone to every time they have an experience with our questions, with our online stuff, that they're having an, an amazing experience. But again, going back to the questions, it would just be making sure I, I revamp my questions so many times, and I and I have a list, an ongoing and building list of good questions, and um, I'm always adding to them, I'm always revamping them, and I'm actually always reading them. And I categorize them for different situations, whether I'm talking with someone in the counseling or a mentorship or a podcast. And uh, yeah, that's that's kind of a few of the ways that I kind of go about learning to ask the right questions. That's so good because I noticed that when you uh, interviewed me, you actually sent me a list of questions and I actually saved those because I said, man, these questions I can reuse um, for another time. And so... Uh, I noticed right away that uh, there was something intentional about the way you prepared, even for our interview. It actually caused me to prepare on my end so that I would bring <laughs> the best of me. Yeah. And so um, I think even when you have that opportunity to give questions uh, to the person, and I'm going to talk to you about that in a second, but to the to person ahead of time, it also causes them to prepare so that they can kind of carve the path they want to take you down. Yeah, that's a great, no, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. And you sent me these questions and I got to write up a bunch on these. So I totally agree with you. There's something about that, that excellence on there. And I, and I steal questions all the time, man. Like I'll be with someone and they'll say a good question. I write it down. You know, I, I really do. And I send it to, to myself in an email and I collect it in my question document. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Hey, you know, the right question is one thing. If you listen to Daniel's podcast, The Dreamcast, uh, you're going to see right away that he asks some awesome questions, but he also, you also, Daniel, ask good questions to the right people. How do you find the right people to ask the questions you need the answers for? Um, I watched this video with Elon Musk. He's the founder of Tesla Motor Companies, and he's also a billionaire, and he's actually pioneering some pretty crazy technology to try to get life on Mars. Wow. <laughs> and um, he's just got such a brilliant mind, to be honest. So you, when you watch him, you just want to soak up everything he says. Um, and there's such validity behind what he says because of his pioneering mentality with what he's even done with Tesla Motor Companies. Mm -hmm. But he said, if you know enough people and you ask enough questions, you can basically learn anything in life. Wow. And this is a guy that's actually kind of um, thwarting the current education system and created his own school for his children for interactive learning so that he can take them on their own educational process. And, and, and so he, he, he knows a thing or two. And he talks about if you can read enough books and know enough people and ask enough questions, you can learn anything in life. And so for some, I would say that it's starting with those that are in your life. I think a lot of times what happens is we either, obviously, right, we go on a podcast, we hear 
the thoughts of great minds or we watch some powerful YouTube video or, you know, Facebook video and we want to feel connected to important people and that might make us feel important. But I think that first, I think it's asking the people that are in your relational circle. Yeah, I think that if, if, if we think we just get to go and talk to the big people and ask them big questions, uh, we can we can try to be something we're not. And I've right. seen that often, actually, Dean. I've seen a lot of people do that. And that's kind of why Makes you cringe. Kind of makes you cringe when you see that. Yeah, yeah. Because they're totally, they're self-destructing their own, you know, destiny in a, in, in a sense. Because they're, even in their mental capacity, they're they're creating themselves to be something they're not. To be with people that are of higher caliber, you know? And yeah. I think that it's discovering. I, I, so yeah, I would say this. How do you find the right person? Well, first, it goes back to what Ellen said, uh, Ellen Musk, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, but what questions do you want answers to? You know, if you are a, a dentist and you want to have a hundred dentist offices one day, well, you have to find the guy that owns 200 dentist offices so you can find out how he did that. I, and I, the reason I bring that up is I'm bringing a gentleman on the show that he's bringing in a half a billion dollars a year and he owns uh, 250 dentist offices. And I have a, f a buddy who's a dentist and my sister's a dentist. And so, hey, if that's the vision of your life, then you need to find people that have the answers to those questions. Right. And so the, I would really go back and say, first, first thing is, is what do you want to do with your life and what are you passionate about? Because that. from that place, those are going to derive the questions that you want to ask. Are you a traveling speaker? Are you a lawyer? Are you a business professional? Are you an entrepreneur? What are your goals? What are your visions in life? Those are the things you need to build questions around so that you can get the answers and implement them in your life. That's a lot of the reason why on the Dreamcast, I'm actually finding the right people based on the questions that I want to ask them. Mm. So the vision of the Dreamcast is to help people, no matter who they are or where they are, learn from the best and find out what they have in common with greatest achievers in the world. And we do that around helping you make your dream a reality, become the greatest version of yourself and discover your purpose. And so all of our interviews go through that filter. You could be the most powerful person in the world, but if you don't, if you can't help people do those three things and, and it be in a healthy fashion, you won't be asked to come on our show. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's great. And you mentioned good questions. I mean, it boils down to knowing what you need to ask. Um, good questions, therefore get good answers. Tell me, Daniel, you know, asking great questions is one thing. Getting the answers you want is another. But doing something with those answers is another thing. What do you do with all the great answers you get from all the great individuals you interview? You know, I really have a passion for what I do, Dean, and I mean that with all of my heart. You know, I'm not trying to host great minds and millionaires and people that have seen funds in the billions yeah. just to fluff myself. I really want to learn something. Like, I I truly do. You know, we, we host these people, and I am so honored. I really am that they would take the time with me. And so, first thing... When I get a good answer, whether it's something that relates to my life or something that I can tuck away, 
I take notes during my podcasts. Dude, and I, I can totally tell that you're yeah. taking notes. I totally can. I was like, this is amazing. This guy is not only asking questions, he's taking notes during his podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I For some reason, I, I envision this, you doing this. Go ahead, man. Sorry. Yeah. I'll, no, I'll write the notes down, then I'll type them up later, or I'll have my assistant type them up. But I am, yeah, man, I'm like, I really, because I, I want it to mark me. I want this this information and people's discoveries and journey uh, you know i've quoted you dean like nine times in the last two months um <laughs> from the one thing you've said and it's really helped people and i've quoted you and said yeah i got this from a friend dean and I, i've even quoted you in the dreamcast once um on a show that's going to launch next week but um I, yeah because it's because i wrote it down because i because when i get a good answer i want I want to remember it. And a lot of times I'll actually take those answers or those questions and I'll post them on the person's podcast. But yeah, I collect, I document a lot of my life. Mm. So I have a lot of documents. I have hundreds and, and I'm not kidding you when I say hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of documents from the messages that I've shared to when other people share messages to just general things that hit me. You know, what pulls your heartstrings? That's what I would say. You know, when you're talking with someone and something pulls your heartstring, don't just let it pass you by. Write it in your notes in your iPhone. For me, that's what I do. And then I send it to myself in an email and then I'll tweet it so it's recorded in social media never to be lost. Like, I'm not kidding you. And then I I just downloaded all my tweets last, uh, you know, month and started reading them all because there are things that hit me or someone else said that pulled a heartstring. And, um, and also, I think, Dean, that sometimes the right answer or a great answer isn't the one that makes us feel the most comfortable. I want to say that again. I sometimes feel like the right answer or the great answer for our life isn't the one we even want. That's so true. And so I would say not the one that makes you feel safe and comfortable with where you're at, but what is the answer that not only pulls on your heartstring, but also challenges your equilibrium? That is the answer you need to your question. Your question in life, your question in your job, your question in your marriage, your question in whatever you do is usually the one that's going to progress you out of your safety, out of your protection mentality and into this pioneering, radical, moving the world forward idea. Dude, you are wise beyond your years. Um, it's really been a privilege uh, to have you on the dean's list, uh, to, I'm I'm telling you the truth, man. I uh, when I when I listen to your podcast, I just I get so fired up, and uh, man, I just know that God has great things for you, and I'm just uh, uh, just glad that you were able to to spend some time with us here on the dean's list. Yeah, well, thanks for hosting me, and I I really do appreciate you, Dean. I think that you have the right heart, and you ask the right questions, man, and your desire is to see people progress and become the greatest version of themselves. And I, man, I'm honored to be on, on the Dean's list with you. Hey, one last thing before you go, tell us, uh, how we, I know you mentioned it, uh, previously, but tell us one more time, how can we connect with you? What are the best ways uh, our audience can connect with Daniel Bazinski? Yeah. So I, right now, what I do is every Tuesday at 1130 AM Eastern standard time, I launch a Dreamcast. And so I'm hosting the Minds of the Great. So like I said, there are people from all different industries, from Hollywood to venture capitalists to entrepreneurs to some of the biggest CEOs and presidents of, of these multi-billion dollar corporations. So I would say 
tune into the Dreamcast. You can find me on Facebook. It's Daniel Budzinski, D-A-N-I-E-L-B-U-D-Z-I-N-S-K-I. And every day, Dean, I post a, a challenging thought, a thought of encouragement, anywhere from a couple lines to six, seven paragraphs. And I post something out there every day, you know, thoughts of inspiration, motivation, encouragement. And then uh, on my website, DanielBudzinski.com, we're building out some, some guides and videos. All of our stuff is free. And so it's it's all around just building a vision, a mission for your life, kind of like life skill, life plan. Um, we just created this cool guide of uh, how to write killer life-changing goals. And so it's a five-page document that really it will transform anyone's life that kind of downloads it and move them forward in some of their desires and dreams. So yeah, I'd say go on our website. You can subscribe there and get connected with me there and send me an email and Facebook me. There's so many ways, but those are the ways I'd say to tune in. Awesome. Well, we'll have all our links uh, to Daniel uh, in our show notes. Again, Daniel, thanks for being on the Dean's List. And uh, we look forward to uh, staying in touch with the future. Appreciate you, Dean. Well, once again, thank you uh, for listening to this conversation that I had with Daniel Benzinski. All of his uh, connections and website and different things will be in our show notes. And you can find those at, again, deandeguara.com. If you're interested in uh, reading the article that I told you that I wrote in 2015, again, it's called The Most Undeveloped Skill in Leadership. And I wrote that in April of 2015. Would love for you to read it and give me your feedback as well. Um, But again, hey, Thank you for your feedback. Share this with a friend. Uh, If this has been meaningful to you or helpful in any way, I would appreciate you sharing it. Also, um, you can uh, leave a review on iTunes. And again, that just helps me get this podcast out and let people know that I'm even doing it. So thanks so much for uh, taking time to listen. And we will uh, talk to you again in August. For more on life and leadership, go to deandeguara.com.